What's good? It's Reg. It's Stone. And this is the slightly delayed FaceTime hour. We're going through into your own virtual hits. This is our own Instagram Live. I'll be spinning some of the greatest Burt Baccarat songs. I find that in a time of strife, Burt Baccarat grounds me, brings me hope, brings me life. From there, we'll do a little bit of classic Rod Stewart, and then we might ease into some Metallica, because as we all know, we're all doomed. Enter Sandman. Boomer Radio. <laughs> oh, oh wow! But uh, yeah, now no, you shoot. It's 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 uh it's it's been an interesting time. We've been trying to keep our hopes up, but obviously, as we all know, things are happening outside. But as we know, the one thing that unites us all, the one space where we could be that that gives us hope, is music, and that's why we're here, Stone and Red, Red and Stone, to give you our opinions. On things that still matter, because the world hasn't collapsed one hundred percent yet. <laughs> we're, we're only about about sixty percent. Sixty percent. It's a good number. About I feel 60, like seventy percent. Yeah, you know, we have no toilet paper. That's the only thing. And it's you like know, we, everything else. We got internet, video games, toilet paper, and it sucks. But I guess it had to go. It, it, it's a it's a weird like it's a weird thing, right? Like we're not at war. We're not in like terrorist attacks or things like that. We're just sitting at home. It's like a weird war that we're going on, we're going through right now. And it's like there's, <laughs> there's like no the sexiness to it. Yeah, yeah. There's no like no sexiness to it. There's no like yeah, I was out there and I took down fifteen fucking bogeys or you know my but the house got bombed but we're still driving on. It's like no, we're just all all on ten year old punishments. That's that's what this war is. But uh, exactly. anyway, uh, let's let's start. Let's start with some happening music. So uh, as we discussed, well, as I mentioned before, the music still goes on, and despite the fact that we're locked in these in these little hovels out there in the world, in the internet world, in the streaming world, music lives on. Yeah. So you know, music is trying, and and look, music is one of the most affected industries by this whole pandemic and the shutdown. You know, artists can't play at live venues. They can't play at festivals. They're now canceling festivals that are supposed to be taking place in June. Yeah. Which is crazy. GovBall just got canceled. And that's first week of June. I think Essence Fest got got canceled. And that's like July. So I heard, it's still, talk- I heard Essence Fest is still happening, actually. Oh, word. Okay. It's, it's on the cusp. They're hoping. But yeah, Firefly got canceled. All the lesser ones. Yeah. Essence Fest so supposedly you- is still popping. We'll see what happens. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah. Fake news. Fake news. But like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but again, like people thought, oh, you know, we'll cancel South by and by like April will be good. April, May will be good. And now it's looking like. Things are getting canceled in June. So, the, I, obviously, there's an appetite for music. And, obviously, there's a bunch of artists just sitting around <laughs> smoking <laughs> weed. <laughs> you know? So, it's not surprising. There's a lot of creative things happening on streaming services. Um I mean, I guess we'll get to DJ to to, to D Nice, but I do I do think that you highlight the the Bandcamp initiative, uh, which is pretty interesting. Oh um, yeah, no, where- on, yeah. On on Friday, basically they 
And it, it was Bandcamp, but also some labels too. But primarily Bandcamp was the initiative where if you bought any record on Bandcamp, they wouldn't normally, I don't know how big the cut is, but they would take a decent amount of cut of the sale. For Friday, they were like, whatever you, whatever you guys buy will go directly to the artist. And in turn, a lot of the labels said, whatever you give to us, that we, whatever sales we make today, will give directly 100% to the artist. So I think Merge was one of the record labels. It was it was a really cool kind of gesture just because, you know, and we've, we've, we've waxed Poetic on the podcast a thousand times. You know, right now, the way the streaming game is, it pretty much all that money goes straight into the pockets of the record label. Artists kind of live and die by the live model, by selling merch, by extension during their live shows. Well, found that dried up is just, you know, apocalyptic. So it was cool to kind of seeing, you know, A, the label kind of step up, some of those labels, and B, Bandcamp. Because Bandcamp could have been like, you know, fuck you, bitch. You know, we, we kind of have a captive audience. Our sales are going on no matter what because, you know, either way, if you're going to buy a record now or not buy it, it's going to happen anyway because it's all virtual. You don't have to actually physically buy our product it was cool to kind of see them kind of step up and kind of do that. Yeah, and I think Bandcamp has always kind of been pro-artist and very artist-friendly anyway. You know, like, their whole thing is, this is not really a streaming platform. This is a platform to enable you to purchase and buy music. So they're already giving way more of their royalties to artists than any type of streaming service would. So, you know, I'm not surprised that Bandcamp did this. I, I know it even crashed their servers, which is like a <laughs> which sucks, but it also shows like the demand of people actually wanting to support artists and the and like the 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 fact that people are understanding the gravity of the fact that you know these musicians are out of work like these musicians like can't get paid right now you know so yeah, yeah. I I tried to buy some records I I woke up that morning I made some purchases it's, it kind of got stuck in my uh, cart I couldn't get I couldn't basically get rid of it. So I lined, signed in. So let's say that morning I went to my virtual work at like nine. Servers were dying. I was able to put some things in my cart. Luckily, when I signed in that night, they were still there. Still could have downloaded the tracks. I had to wait till Saturday to actually get my music. But it's all good. It's, <laughs> it's for a good cause. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. So, um, but yeah, it, it's very interesting. I just posted this too. Uh, music streaming is actually down during the pandemic. Really? Yeah. Which is something that, like, I was really shocked by. Although I think now, I, I posted in the notes because I, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. But there's a plausible explanation for it is that a ton of businesses, coffee shops, things like that, use Spotify and Pandora uh, as background music. Yeah, and now they're sense. shut down. You know, so I think that's the larger drive for it. But I think people are still trying to figure out because they thought, you know, everybody's like, oh, snap. Everybody's stuck inside. Like, this is my moment. And it seems like like even with the the shutdown businesses that stream music, it seems like there's less and less people streaming music, Um, which is surprising. I mean, I've been streaming music more often because I'm working from home and I'm not interrupted like five times a day, like I would be <laughs> in the office. <laughs> yeah, we 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 all know that feeling. Yeah, so I'm able to like stream more music like like for longer. But uh, I guess this is a very interesting stat to track because it's also something where, um, again, like artists are getting hurt by not being able to 
you know, perform live, and then they're like, okay, well, cool, at least we have streaming, and then that money might get, like, hurt as well. So it's it's a, almost like a double punch, right? Dang. So it's kind of crazy right now. Dang, that <laughs> sucks. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's the idea of that if you're not, if you if you're if you aren't in your office, you're not streaming in your office. You aren't traveling, so you aren't people in cars where they're streaming on their phones. A lot of things kind of disappear. Shit, damn, everything's bad. This apocalypse is not fun. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, nah, man. I don't know. So like I said, at least that was a good initiative. I, I try to do my part, you know, give a little bit of money because like I said, as somebody who kind of goes out voraciously and kind of you know supports these artists, you know, on the ground level, it kind of sucks that you know. <clears throat> Particularly in the states where there isn't really isn't any social safety net whatsoever, that these artists kind of are able to kind of bounce back somehow, some way, just because you know it's the, the world kind of needs art, you know, particularly in these times, it's very important. Um, yeah, no, definitely. But uh, we we move on because the the big thing that happened after that Friday was was D Nice broke fucking the the Instagram servers. Basically, D Nice decided to have you know hashtag you know club Coro- club quarantine. You know he just came out, did a little quick. You know started off I think since Wednesday of last week was I believe sort of around two hundred people, and basically by Saturday night he had a hundred k, and you had motherfuckers like fucking Michelle Obama. You had you had Bernie out there doing cake stands. Yeah, Biden. But actually, I can't crack this joke. I was gonna crack a Biden hitting on some girl joke, but rumors, rumors, rumors. You know, it's it's the idea of where, for once, it seemed that everybody was in this one space, this one time. He's putting these classics. He's in a good spirit. People are commenting. Drake's there commenting. It just kind of became this little weird microcosm of fun. And it's just the idea of where, you know, because obviously we all know we're stuck in our homes. But you've got somebody out there playing this music. People are dancing. People are showing up virtually. It's It was, and it's kind of hard to say in a weird way, but wow. Remember the idea of fun? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> like, whoa, this was fun. I, I forget how that felt. Yeah. And, and it's kind of crazy, too, because like we, we actually... Lauren, my wife and I just kind of streamed it like pretty much all day on that Saturday. And it's kind of weird because like my wife was just like, oh, dance, dance, dance. And I'm like, I was way too depressed to dance, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> same here. Me and Erica, same here. <laughs> but I couldn't be mad because she loved it. She was drinking her wine. It was like, it was a moment. Oh, no. And yeah. So like the coolest thing though is like, I. Well, like we were streaming it, and then I had to like go downstairs to like get the mail or something. And I walked past my neighbor's door. Not only were they streaming it, they're singing along. I forgot the, it was like a Shaka Khan song or something. They were just singing along to it. Awesome. <laughs> Badly. Awesome. But just like the fact that it's like even though we're quarantined, even though I can't even like touch my neighbor right now, like we're having this weird shared experience. <laughs> very true. Very true. You know? And maybe yeah, no, actually, I think you nailed it. It's the idea of where. It's 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 separate. It's every, everybody's having an individual experience, but at the same time on the same wavelength, and they kind of felt like you know you weren't alone for a little bit. You know, as cliche as that sounds. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, and, and I think again, like, so first off, I mean, I think I even put this on my, my on my Instagram story. Like, black people are out here saving the world. Let's just like. <laughs> 
every goddamn day. <laughs> Let's just be real. Like every black people out here saving the world, you know. Like they out here just, you know, like you know, again, like I don't know. Like Rod Stewart ain't throwing a party on IG Live. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, but no, I, you know, I, I think it's just like, it's something that was really cool because it felt really organic, right? And it wasn't anything that was like sponsored by a brand. You know, it wasn't anything that was just like people, you know, D Nice was not trying to, you know, get 200,000 streams or whatever. Like he was just like, oh, I'm going to do this for my friends. I'm bored, like whatever. You know, it wasn't anything that like was about like you wasn't trying to be something and i feel like that's going to be the most interesting thing that's going to happen out like whenever we get through this crisis right it's like i feel like there is this kind of return possibly not sure of like just organic shit you know like i'm not you know like let's not just go on like on instagram to get followers and try to get streams like let's just do it because we're bored and we want to do something and contribute to community you know And, and i feel like that's what struck to, struck out uh, struck me the most with with the D nice thing is just like it was just it felt so wholesome and organic and so chill. Um, it's one of the few times where I didn't feel like I was being advertised to, you know. Oh yeah, and and it was crazy because it's on Instagram, which is basically owned by Facebook, which had been so easy for them to kind of you know it's something where it was like I said it was natural. It's the idea of where where Mark Zuckerberg quote unquote showed up in the house. But it didn't really feel that Mark Zuckerberg probably should open the house like, what the fuck? You guys are killing my servers. <laughs> Let me make sure everything here is on the up and up. It's the idea. Like you said, I think it's something where because we're kind of forced to not have the same tools that we usually have. You know, we don't have spaces. We don't really have fucking the same technology you would have out there. You're kind of forced to kind of go back there and kind of build things from scratch. And going back to your comment about black folks, that's what we do. We make do. When you're kind of True. an oppressed people, you gotta. It's it's like we don't really have everything we need, but we could kind of put it together in a way that it'll 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 happen. We can make this happen somehow, some way. And it's cool. And, and not to say D Nice is not necessarily the first person to kind of stream and DJ. You know, I, a couple shots of Darling Chuck. She was doing it. You know, shouts to my friend Tap Ten. But it's the idea of where you know he's out there. He's leveraging his his because you know he's somebody where even before this he was known. He DJed for the fucking Obamas when they were in office. You know, it's not like he's some flash in the pan dude out of nowhere. So it was cool to have him leverage it because he didn't have to do shit. He could just sit there like the way a lot of us are doing it. just fucking chilling, watching fucking Netflix and catching up on shows. So for him to kind of go out there and kind of just spread that love was kind of like heartwarming. And it was kind of like a, like you said, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how everything kind of changes. Just because everything level set is the idea is, you know, those first couple of days were kind of out of the darkness is like everything is up, and I don't want to kind of. I hate using this term "up for grabs" because it sounds like this winners are losers. But realistically, it's a brand new world. You know, obviously the reality of what happened will hit us. Obviously, rent's going to become due again. Obviously, these things kind of come crashing down. But I think for a small period of time in this kind of haze, there is a chance to kind of create a sense of community, create some art. And it's kind of cool seeing that kind of happen in its own weird ways. And it's just like I've seen things where. Like on the metal side, there's a um, metal and punk side. There's a there's a group of them. They're all there's a producer named Kurt Balau, 
who uh, produces uh, Banco Converge and a lot of little popular um, High on Fire, a lot of popular underground metal bands. And, and so basically he, I'm actually, I can't say he, but in th- I have a sick suspicion he's the, the mastermind behind it, but he was throwing up stems, stems of a lot of different tracks, got artists together to kind of contribute to it. So if you wanted to, you could download songs, make beats out of it. Who really cares? Uh, today, Nine Inch Nails, which is kind of ironic, because if anything's going to soundtrack the apocalypse, it's going to be goddamn Nine Inch Nails. They <laughs> dropped their own. <laughs> they dropped the instrumental album, so I guess you'll have future Old Town Road remixes, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, it's the idea of where now a lot of artists are kind of <laughs> are kind of embracing it. We had the idea of, speaking of streaming, Erica Badu's doing her a little, you know, donate a dollar and you kind of request a song type thing. It's, you're going to see a lot of fun things happen, and I think that that's a positive in all the darkness. And I, and like you said, the energy, I think, is going to keep going on for a bit after we kind of get through it. So I'm hoping that, you know, the shift to kind of stays there it doesn't really stay with the corporations, as they say. Yeah, and it's, and it's really interesting now because now everybody and their mother saw the D-Nice thing, and they're all trying to kind of, I wouldn't say they're trying to get it on, but they see the power of it. I'm trying to be positive about it. I'm trying to say, oh, they, they see the power of connecting with fans. Um, I took a break from work today. Like Usher was online um, on IG Live and was inviting fans to do duets with him, which was actually quite terrible because nobody could <laughs> sing. <laughs> And I, I guess on IG Live, you can say, like, hey, I want to be a part of the live stream. But, like, don't click that button if you want, like, you can't sing and you're trying to sing with Usher, right? Ooh, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but it was cool. Like, it was, it, was, it was, like, cool. It was innovative. You know, like, there's one dude who got on there from London who actually could sing and, like, yes. harmonize. And, like, it was, like, really dope. And then, like, everybody else is just, like, either they're, they they click the button and they're, they're kind of like, Usher's not going to pick me. And then, like, Usher picks them and they got all shy and, like, ended the, ended the day, you know, ended the stream. <laughs> but, you know, I, it, it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I definitely feel like this is going to be the next wave of how artists will connect with fans and it'll be the next wave of kind of i I don't think it's going to replace physical concerts i do think like people are going to flock back to physical concerts but i do think this is like a really interesting um product stream for artists having that said there are rumors that record labels are looking at this and being like where's my check at where's my bag always the haters i collect Always the haters. And, and actually, even when the stream was happening, I noticed a couple of my DJ friends were on. So I'm like, hmm, when is the algorithm going to catch up over here and start erasing, you know, stopping streams? And I mean, it's depressing. I'm, I'm not surprised. It's, a, it's very unfortunate. I mean, it's, you know, the, everybody wants their check. And, and I think the idea of where, you know, for me personally as a consumer, you know, it's it's you know hearing a whole bunch of songs together in a DJ playlist where the songs last maybe a minute long is a whole different product than kind of sitting at home and streaming it. Ideally, the record labels would should play nice, but they never do. 
So, I mean, like I said, it's something where, in my opinion, it'd be, there's got to be a way to work it where they're able to kind of play these songs and, 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 and not have to pay for them. At the same time, I kind of get the record label, meaning this, you know, D-Nice goes on there, spends hours and hours and hours of his own personal time, blood, sweat, tears, you know, hats, <laughs> spinning these songs. <laughs> And at the end of the day, does D-Nice get any money out of it? Not really. I mean, I'm pretty sure his profile moved up, yada, yada, yada. He could leverage, you know, some of the new fame for something else. But for the most part, it's a it's an active service. It's totally free. I mean, yeah. the ones who got the money are basically, you know, you sign into Instagram and then you, do, you, you go to your feed, it throws a couple of advertisers on you, and then bam, you kind of go into D-Nice. Instagram kind of effectively made that money. Facebook did. So I kind of get the idea of where, you know, somebody wants the checks to be cut. At the same time, like I said, let let the kids have some fun, man. It's been a while. Yeah, and, and like, first off, like that's why Zuck was in the D night stream because Zuck was like, "Thank you, thank you. You just made me another hundred million dollars. Things are looking dire." <laughs> but um, but yeah, I I I, and I think that's like that's the part that's gonna suck, you know. And I it, it sucks that we don't have a way for both. Look, and I understand like if you're playing a stream of Shaka Khan to a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people, I would want Shaka Khan to like share some of that wealth. I would want D Nice to share some of that wealth. I you know like obviously. Instagram is providing the infrastructure, not saying they need to share the, like, they just, you know, I'm not surprised they want to get compensated. It's like, I understand, like, that needs to happen, but unfortunately, I don't, like, I I foresee this being, like, a heavy-handed thing where IG, like, or, or like, the, um, or the labels, sorry, where the labels come in and they're just, like, shut everything down. Oh, it's like, oh, you played the song. I got a DMCA copyright request. Like, stop the stream. Like, I see that happening, and like, that's the thing that that kind of bugs me because I do feel like there's a way for everybody to like figure out how to all get paid, but nobody wants to do that, right? They're just gonna do this some this weird heavy-handed thing. And I don't know if it's, gonna, if it's gonna happen now. I think they're gonna let the kids have their fun. But again, like this is probably going to take off in a major way once things kind of get back to normal, and that's when like the the, the shit's going to hit the fan, right? Oh so. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I can imagine like that to be funny. It's it's you know if you're having a whole little house party, put Instagram live on. If if, if at a certain point if it starts becoming a thing, and every given Saturday night there's a DJ playing. Why not put that stream on in the background? You know, what, what, we all have a ready-made mixes, but that'll even be funner. And people could kind of hop on the party and kind of comment while they're doing it, while they're hobnobbing. It's it's a cool yeah. little aspect. It's a cool little use of the technology. And like you said, it's ideally you hope that it won't happen. It probably won't happen right now. But you could already see, you know, deep in their bunkers, there's a lot of accountants there with <laughs> Excel spreadsheets, keeping track of everything that's happening. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's very interesting just because, you know, the Fader Fort just announced today uh, that, you know, since they didn't have the Fader Fort in Austin for South By, they were doing a live streaming festival for six hours. Uh, I think it's May 31st, next Tuesday. Oh, nice. They're doing a live, like, Fader Fort streaming festival. And I think that's actually really interesting because now it's just like, well, first off, like, super dope. Love Fader. Love Fader for 
like been a Fader fan since college, which is like shit, twenty years Dang. ago, right? Like, and <laughs> so like I'm an OG Fader fan, but that's going to make things interesting, right? Like, are you paying the artists? Are you paying the streams? Like, how's that going to work? And and like. Part of me thinks that like Fader is just kind of doing this because there's there's this kind of like this weird like <laughs> gray area, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know I, again you know now that um, you know um, Governor's Ball is canceled and a couple other like large festivals are, are, are pending cancellation, they might duplicate this model, and I think that's going to accelerate like the whole like who's getting paid here uh, conversation. Um, so as as much as I'm actually excited for the Fader Fort Festival, and I actually might take a personal day to attend. Attend. <laughs> I, I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> attend. Um, it might accelerate the conversation around who's getting paid here. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's oh, fuck, and, and yeah, I mean, it's I, I can see some positives. I I think I sort of the shots of Don will. He's in, in. He's the DJ of this resident comedy show they have in New York, and I think. And I quote me. I could probably totally wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure they were selling like ticket fly tickets for the live stream. Like you oh, can right. actually like like pay a little bit. I'm not. Sure, I'm pretty sure probably isn't full full price, but you could do it. And they had to ship into your living room, and, and so it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, I guess in the in the idea of where normally you think of pay per view as being this fucking, you know. You know HBO boxing and shit. It's kind of cool to kind of see this <laughs> on a on a macro DIY level. So I mean, I, there's there's things happening, but like you said, it's ah, and I hate it. It's the idea of where motherfuckers and and I guess you know at the same time I understand it because motherfuckers do need to get paid. Artists need to get paid. The only thing is whenever we have these conversations, it always seems like the artists are the last ones to actually get talked about. Everybody else wants that fucking hands has their hands out asking asking for freebies. Exactly, and I think that's that's the sad part. I mean, again, you know, if you play Shaka Khan on live stream, like Shaka Khan should get paid. But I'm sure that's like, it's not even Shaka Khan even caring about getting paid. It's like her publisher, her label, like all these her lawyers, like all these people. Whereas the Shaka Khan was in the D nice, like you know, like like it's like oh snap, like this is dope, you know. So yeah, it's, it's not even the artist at this point. Um, which sucks, you know, because, like, the lawyers are, you know, they're all working from home, you know, but, like... <laughs> working from home bored. <laughs> you know, they're a little bored right now, but, uh, but no, it's, it's, like, all that to say, I think it's a really kind of cool, interesting time in music, and this is one, one of the reasons I love music is just because, again, there's so much ingenuity there, there's so many people kind of, like, taking these tools that... I don't think anybody expected there to be live stream like concerts on Instagram or like, you know, duets with Usher on Instagram. They're taking these tools that they were just built like for like, I don't know, one to one interaction or whatever. And like they're just maximizing it and like building something new, which is really amazing. You know, so I'm not I'm not mad. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. Like I said, props to them, man. Like I said, it's it's a whole new world. You know, I, I'm feeling I'm not feeling more positive about anything else in the world, but this I feel positive. So far, so good. 
<laughs> and I guess All on right. that note, we'll talk about the new music. It's been uh, it's been a, it's been a weird because shit is still dropping. We had two gargantuan releases in the last week or so, couple of weeks. We had if you think about Jay Electronica too, but I think today we'll focus on on a tale of two men, two men with nappy hair. <laughs> Nappy unkempt I mean, hair. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is weekend still sporting the dirty shag? That that's going to be my hair in like a week, fam. Yeah, that's, I, that's my, all my, our hairs. So <laughs> my barber shop is closed. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be James James Brown in in the in the mugshot picture really soon, fam. Oh uh, man, that that's it's the thing is I shaved a week ago because I knew it was gonna get bad. I'm just gonna see how long it goes. My parents are gonna fucking hate me, dog. They're gonna be like, "We're raising a homeless man." It's gonna be fucking embarrassing. But fuck it. i like the the black version of Nick Nolte. Remember that mugshot? Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna be out there looking just like caveman. You know, I'm out here living living, living off the grids. I'm gonna get uh, start working a lot of car hearts. I'm gonna have a little husky next to me and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Dude, Dude, I but, wish I could live off, off the grid right now. Anyway, go go oh, ahead. Oh yeah, no, in a cabin, dog. I'd be because if I gotta be if I gotta be isolated now, you know. Normally I'm a city dude, but I have to be home, can't do shit. Fuck it, I'll be in nature. No, I can, I can learn to live that lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? A little kayak in my life. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, dude, water dude, rafting. I, I'm going to bring it back. Man of the woods. Man, Man of the, the woods. woods. See, we we were all clouding Mr. Timberlake. But he knew. He saw this happening. He, he went to this little he, rich person crystal ball, and he knew this all was going to come down. He had the vision, fam. He had the vision. He was also like, <laughs> <laughs> we've done f- future sexy. How about pandemic R&B? <laughs> and there we are. <laughs> pandemic <laughs> R&B. <laughs> oh, anyway, discussing The weekend. The weekend dropped an album after hours. I think me and Houston are on the same wavelength. The weekend for me, for you, I think is we would. It's probably the most impactful R&B artist with one slight caveat. I think we could kind of debate this of the last ten years. Oh yeah, no, 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 definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean, he he's changed what R&B is, yeah. And even you know, just like the sound of R&B, like what, like what R&B could be. Yeah, no, definitely props to the weekend for that. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, love him or hate him, because there's definitely been a lot of great R&B artists, I'm, I'm talking to you, Mr. Frank Ocean, where they've kind of pushed a paradigm, you know, they've just made spectacular songs. But as far as, like, a Nirvana Nevermind moments, I don't think you could really deny House of Balloons by Accession Trilogy. I mean, you had before that album and after that album. You know, after yeah. that album, you have Party Next Door. You've got everybody, because like I said, it, it's hard to kind of, because it's weird, because everything's all depressed now, and sad now, but that wasn't a hard B before the weekend. Before the weekend, we had a couple of years of in the club, chilling, popping Molly, everything's going great. The weekend comes, and now we're, you know, credit cards are gone. The stripper we're cheating on our girlfriend with hates us. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it kind of shifted everything. And, like, not to say that it's necessarily even a good thing, not to say it's not necessarily not redundant either. But obviously, when they kind of came in there with this, like, you know, leaning more towards atmospheric, less groove, a lot heavy trap and hip-hop influence, you know, very dark subject matter. You know, these are things where I'm not going to say it did not exist in R&B, but having a mainstream artist kind of push this as this whole package deal 
it was definitely different. Like, you got to remember that we were still kind of, to a certain extent, oddly enough, sadly enough, fucking with, with like, R. Kelly was still kind of periodically dropping oh, no, hits. No, you know no, saying? no, definitely, definitely. But the most interesting thing about The weekend, though, is that for the most part, he's completely ran away from that sound. Oh, absolutely. And I can't really be mad because I think early on, he kind of made the, the bones of where, like, I want to be a stadium artist. Like, I want to be... Like the way you guys say, I sound like Michael Jackson. I want to be Michael Jackson. Nothing wrong with that. I, I think I kind of struggle. And I'm going to, this is a quick aside. So LP had an interview with Pitchfork and they were basically discussing the music of his life. And there was a point in time where he was, he was picking up ASAP Rocky, one of ASAP Rocky's records. And basically he mm. said it was underrated. But his point was the fact of, he's like, sometimes I feel like the fans don't let artists become experimental. And sometimes artists have to kind of follow that muse. And he's just like, I feel like this is a record that they'll catch up with years down the line. And I think that's the issue here of where, you know, the weekend kind of drop these records, these experimental records, you know, kind of paradigm shifting. And that's kind of all he's got to do. You know, it's, it's for him to be holding to that sound is not anything. And I, I kind of get as a fan, it kind of, you know, of that earlier sound, it kind of bothers me. But at the same time, like, let him follow his muse, let him become an arena, arena rock star. You know, I, there is space for that, you know. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. And, and I think it's very interesting um, to see the weekend's progression. So, look, I'm not a huge weekend, like, fan. Like, I, you know, he has some hits, he has some songs, he's a terrible songwriter. He raps. Terrible. I take. I take that. Take that. He he, you, he writes. He writes songs like a mumble rapper. Ah, look, look at the shots at the weekend. I know. And like, what you, what y'all gonna do? It's, it's it's social distancing. Y'all can't get to me. The coke dealers will get to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many coke fuel parties these cost? Every Ford model is mad at you now. Uh. Well, all right, so maybe I'll take that back a little bit. But like, look, you know, like, like the weekend is not like a great songwriter. I'm, I'm like, sorry, he, he's not. Um, uh, but I, I, I would make the argument. All right, it's it's he's not uh, he's not an averse songwriter. I feel that for his for his lane for what he's doing, he's very specific. It's hard. It's it's somebody where like I can't call out the weekend for having a very specific idea, a very specific topic, wherein I big up like Pusha T and like Raekwon for talking about their coke stories. So it's hard for me to kind of <laughs> you know I can't say this guy sucks because I'm sick of an R and B song about how your girl hates you and you're coked up. But you know when Pusha T is like you know my kilo weighs a ton, push it to your moms. I'm like oh this is fucking genius. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, all right. So, having that said, um, I do feel like both My Dear Melancholy, which is, you know, a really good weekend album, um, was good. But I actually like week The Weeknd's latest album. Um, yes. Like, it is, again, it's it's a departure from some of the stuff he's doing with My, My Dear Melancholy and Starboy. Um it's kind of arena rock, but not really. Like, he's going for this kind of, like, neo-disco vibe. It's kind of very, like, four to the floor a little bit. Um, kind of retro. But it sounds really good. Like, it seems like he found the pocket in a groove with this whole album. Um, which 
I think that was kind of lacking some of his previous albums. Like, I feel like this album is very consistent. It does seem a little bit repetitive, but I will say, like, I, I, I just feel like you can tell, like, there's a dose of maturity with this album that um, I'm really impressed. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think... So you had their old school weekend trilogy sound where it's very dark, very murky, very depressing. He tries to make the arena rock and he, and he kind of had to translate that. So you have a song like I Can't Feel My Face, which it's, you know, obviously another Coke reference, but at the same time, it's very like, you know, a, you know, very upbeat, almost like, you know, like a Bruno Mars as song could imagine him doing a version of that yeah. song. And I think the problem there was the fact of where, and, and maybe going back to a previous point, he's a very specific kind of songwriter. So for him to kind of translate those kind of vibes to, let's say, a Bruno Mars kind of arena doesn't really fit. However, him taking those vibes and putting it to like a retro 80s kind of futuristic, but a little bit seedy, you know, kind of like Blade Runner type thing, it's kind of a much better fit. And I think because of that, even though he's buying those same tropes, even though it's going through those same kind of wells, when it's a blatantly like heavy synth, and then going back to your idea, it, it sounds gorgeous. Like it sounds like whoever did oh, the yeah. production, the mastering, mwah, beautiful. Sonically, it's a great album. But bringing it back, when he applies those same themes, those same like fuckboy, cokehead themes to these kind of beats, to these kind of production, it just works much better than when he was blatantly like, all right, let me call Max Martin. Even the Max Martin work here kind of fits that kind of vibe. And I think it's very, like I said, it's, it's a more mature record. Not necessarily in topics, because he's still kind of like that fuckboy, cokehead dude, but definitely as far as, all right, cool, you know, because this is, this is wow. Where he had a trilogy, which is basically three albums. We had he, this is probably I think his sixth or seventh record now, maybe even more if we count um, "My Dear Melancholy" as the EP. So he's he's been a this is he's no longer a young dude, and I think the idea of him stumbling around for a sound it's about time, and it's kind of cool to kind of have him hit it. As a as an old school weekend fan, is it for me a hundred percent? Not really. I admittedly like the seedier, murkier, more R and B stuff. But, like, this is a really solid mainstream pop album. Like, I, I think, like, when I think about, like, what's happening in music today as far as, like, you know, your Ariana Grande's, you know, your the falls of your Katy Perry's, like, who's doing this high-level pop stuff, your Lizzo's, and things like that. Like, this is definitely an album worth to kind of compete with those. I think it's just a well-put-together piece of music. Yeah, I, I, I will say if you're looking for a House of Balloons weekend, that pretty much died like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think like the weekend will like readily admit that he's like, "Yo, I made half House of Balloons," so I was like, pretty much damn near homeless, and now, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not, so I'm good. Like, I want to make the music I want to make, so you know, I'm, I'm not mad at that. Um, but no, it, it, it's a, it's. Yeah, it's a great album. Like, it's it's really interesting. Like, you have like Metro Boomin like producing like a a large bulk. Metro Boomin, Il Angelo, um, yeah. which is, I I think Il Angelo is like a you know OVO affiliated dude. Canadian OVO, guy. But o- like, old school. D- d- remember Estero? Old school producer Estero also from years. Yeah, yeah, Canadian, yeah. Ca- Canadian gang, stand up, maple leaves. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, uh, you know, it's, it's Max Martin, uh, on a couple of tracks. So like, yeah, like, like he, he got these producers to kind of come together, 
but also too like uh he was able to like craft his own sound uh, across multiple different producers which is I feel like a a chore <laughs> like it feels like <laughs> super hard to me you know uh so yeah no not not mad not mad at all not mad at all and uh the other big record was uh previously uh, speaking of streaming so a week ago I think last Sunday the Sunday, the Sunday before this one, there was a, a mysterious leak, and then it was the Childish Gambino record appeared for about eight hours and it disappeared. And he formally dropped it over the weekend. It's a three twenty five twenty, I believe is the title, and it, it kind of reminds me of Kendrick Untitled, where the there there for the most part there aren't really any song titles outside of two or three. It's just pretty much like just times. Um, You've got a lot of the old tracks he's played previously, like uh, um, Feels Like Summer, kind of buried in there also. Um, I think we're kind of on the same level with this. I think there's some really fantastic songs on here. Um, I think track number four, I think it's one of 21 Savage, has this really old, old school 80s R&B vibe, which is just like, mwah, a lot of little, like, uh, basically vocal shout-outs, lyrical shout-outs to classic R&B songs. He's got a he's got another track there that kind of sounds like almost Jesus, but kind of mixed with um, um kind of filled kind of mixed with like the His America song where it's very primal beats and very heavy synths and very kind of almost African kind of production and chants. Like there's a lot of great tracks here, but the I think the issue of the record is the fact that it kind of feels more like a hard drive dump, where in that greatness there's a lot of song ideas that kind of go nowhere. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's almost like they took it out of the oven a little bit too soon. And I I do feel like this was kind of the I guess like the the makings of a great album and I feel like it just needed some more time, it needed some more revisions, it needed some more whatever. But the other thing is I don't even know if this is by design, right? Like you mentioned that for the most part, outside of two tracks, they're all just timestamps as titles. There's like, um, you know, this it's it's three fifteen twenty. Um, you know, it, it. I guess it's going for this vibe of oh, this is just my like. I feel like that's kind of on purpose, right? It's like oh, this is my folder from my flash drive. I'm just jump dumping on all the streaming services, you know. Um, and if it is by design, it kind of feels like a little bit too pretentious because I don't know, like, like sometimes I feel like there's artists who want to do things very artsy and not do things that are pop and kind of like make a bunch of left turns and there are artists that do that well. And, you know, and there's some artists who it just feels a bit too much or, or, or even artists who do that. Well, sometimes they do it a little bit too much into a little bit too well. And I feel like this, this is an album where um, it could have been his great follow up to his last album, but I don't know. It just feels like really weird. Um, feels like summer is it's on there, and I feel like that track is like two years old now. <laughs> it feels random too. It it just feels like it just kind of shows it, up. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like on this weird thing where it's just like, are you just trying to get more streams? Like, is this your, your money track? Like, it's just really kind of crazy. Um, 
you know, I do have to say, like, like the track of Ariana Grande was interesting because, like, like the way that he used Ariana Grande's voice was that I thought was really interesting, where you had to do a double take, uh, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, and there's some really good tracks. I just don't remember the names of them because they're all numbers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I feel like this could have been a very interesting album for the moment. And I just feel like I, Donald Glover is making a weird statement by not making it that album. Um, and apparently all these tracks had names. Like there's a leak where all these tracks actually had names. Um, so I think there was, there's more of a, an official kind of rollout and release to this and maybe, you know, some, something happened or, or whatnot, but yeah, it just feels, it feels incomplete. And I, I'm, I'm struggling to, to see if, to, to think that if it's, this is intentional or they just like, he just dumped it like randomly. I mean, like when you, and there's comparisons to Kendrick's Untitled and Mastered, which is one of my favorite Kendrick albums actually, but those are all B sides from the Pimp a Butterfly. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so and that was never meant to be an actual album. That was just like, hey, I'm just going to dump my B sides. Um, and I know Toro Ma did like something similar uh, to the B sides to our piece, where um, he dropped that as like a, hey, these are just like stems and things I'm I'm playing around with. And I think that tr- that that album also just had like uh, numbers for titles and and just like weird file names, but. Um, I feel like this was done more intentionally, um, and I feel like this just comes off as pretentious. If that's the case, <laughs> yeah. And then, and what's weird is again, I I, I don't want to talk too bad because there are some great like you should definitely give it a listen. There's some great songs on here. What's weird for me is the fact of where, like, even if there was a rhyme or reason to it, it feels like he kind of like before the internet. So with that record, I thought where he was doing a lot of disjointed critiques on like. You know the society, and you know, because like he has a so-called algorithm, so it's kind of hits that same exact thing where a lot of the songs are, some of them are truncated. There's a lot of B switches. You know, he's got like songs that are definitely more pop. He's got songs that are definitely more hip hop. Definitely songs that are more experimental on that record. So it's weird to kind of like I felt like this could have been a continuation of that, except it kind of like like it felt like a hard drive dump. It felt like literally like somebody kind of you know grabbed this folder, put it to fucking Dropbox, and this is an album. And again, it's it's I don't want to kind of diss it too hard because there's definitely some priority works definitely worth a listen. But for somebody who who arguably pretentious as he can be, very meticulous of what he does generally. You know, particularly the later era of his career, is this weird to have this weird half-assed record? Because for somebody like him, it just feels kind of half-assed. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, but no, I, I definitely feel like everybody should give it a listen. We're in a weird time where he dropped this and there's chatter, but it's not sticking with people. I feel um, so. I, I don't know how how long-lasting this album will be. Um, but I think it's a decent listen. I mean, and what else are you doing? You're not doing anything, so you might as well listen to it. <laughs> I have a conspiracy, though. Maybe this is like what happened with Life of Pablo. Every like week, he's going to fix it more and more. They'll have song titles, new mixes, new verses. You know what I'm saying? Suddenly, Jay-Z is on one track out of nowhere when he's streaming them one day. Maybe this is a, a roving art project. It's a performance piece during the pandemic. 
I mean, Jay Z is, is is a little bit tired from being all over the Jay Electronic album, but from <laughs> carrying the Jay Electronic album on his back. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Shots, what are no, you going to do? We're all quarantined. Nah, what man, are you gonna I, ain't do? Try, I ain't trying to get no NOI dudes coming out here trying to slap me up in the fucking middle of the streets. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not I love in the streets. So. <laughs> we're not in the streets. <laughs> True, we're not actually. Fuck it, I'll talk my shit. Man, <laughs> what a disappointment. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we'll be here next week, assuming the NOI doesn't have home delivery shooters. I wonder if they Ooh. have that. That'd be kind of interesting. Mean- I, I feel like that's going to happen, right? Like I mean, just, if you got to go out, like, Miles will go out. If you got to go out, Miles will go out the same way Michael Max did. <laughs> too soon. Uh, I know. That is still too soon. It's, 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 <laughs> even 50 years later, it's still too soon. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, enough of that gallows humor. Everybody, thanks for listening. We know you've got better things to do in the pandemic than listen to us. A lot of Netflix streaming options, but we're happy you kind of came here and are hanging out with us. So love to y'all. Hope you all stay safe. Yeah, definitely. Until next time. Peace. Peace.